You're grabbing coffee for the first time with a friend of a friend. You two have never really hung out one-on-one before, but so far, she seemed pretty cool. 30 minutes into your chat, she shares something deeply, uncomfortably personal. You want to say the right thing and show that you can be a supportive friend, but it feels like too much too soon. Shouldn't you appreciate her vulnerability? She opened up and told you something big. Should you feel flattered that she chose to share this with you? And if so, well, then why did it feel so off? Today, I'm sharing an interview with Dr. Marissa G. Franco, a psychologist who focuses primarily on friendship, and she's going to tell us the one thing we're getting wrong in the way that we practice vulnerability. And then she'll tell us how that one mistake might be impacting our friendships. As always, if you want to see the unedited interview video that goes along with this podcast episode, then you can see that along with the four action steps that I've developed according to Dr. Franco's insights, all in our private group coaching program. You know, we talk here on the show about the big ideas behind some of friendship's toughest concepts, but we work through it together in the private membership. So feel free to access it now for $5 per week by searching Friend Forward anywhere you download apps. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, we got you. I'm Danielle Byer Jackson, a certified friendship coach, and I am here to help you through it. Dr. Franco, thank you so much for being here. For our listeners, your name might sound familiar because for our our OG listeners, back in season one, we had you on to talk about how to rekindle a friendship with somebody who's kind of faded away in your life. And that episode is titled, I Miss You, for anyone who wants to go back and revisit. But today we have you here to talk to us about vulnerability. And I'm so excited for you to unpack what it really means and what we're getting wrong about the concept and our friendship. So before we even dive into all that, I just want to thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm really happy to be back here. It's so great to see you, Danielle. I love what you're doing with friendship, getting the word out to the people. You have actually, you're just coming back from an interview with Good Morning America. So that's amazing. And it's nice for you to bring your insight to our show as well. Before we even start, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and the work that you do? My name's Marissa or Dr. Marissa G. Franco on all my media outlets. Uh, I have a PhD in counseling psychology. I was a professor for about two years. That's where I got a grant to study something called social support in China and Vietnam, which is basically the support from the people in your life. And that's when I started to delve really deep into the research on friendship. And I decided that like this information was so helpful and more people need to know about it. So I started blogging for Psychology Today. I sold a book to Penguin Random House on how to make friends as an adult. And I am currently writing that now. Let's set the stage here. We're talking about vulnerability. And I know oftentimes for many people, they conjure an image of Brene Brown. And I'm like, okay, that woman does not have a monopoly on this word, you know, and she has obviously such beautiful um, insight and illustrations of what that word means. But there's still so much we're getting wrong. And I feel like that's going to be common whenever any word becomes like a, a buzzword and we're talking about it in pop culture and things like that. There's so much we're getting wrong. Can you help shed some light on what it really means by maybe providing a working definition for our conversation today? 
Yeah, I see vulnerability as sharing something about yourself that feels risky or exposing. So basically, when you share something that you fear you might be rejected and or alienated for. And, you know, it's interesting, Danielle, because I have to clarify, too, when I interviewed one of my vulnerability experts for my book, he brought up the fact that vulnerability is a construct, right? Not all of us feel vulnerable about the same things. So some of us can talk about, you know, my chlamydia, my bankruptcy, my divorce, <laughs> and it doesn't feel vulnerable. But others of us, we talk about those things and it does feel vulnerable. And I think what feels vulnerable to us reflects something about our unique culture, our unique experiences, our unique psychological baggage, our unique psyches. I can share something with you and it's not truly vulnerable to me, although you may read it as vulnerable because it would be vulnerable to you, you know? And so I think there's this way, this comes up for me because I'm a psychologist, right? And there was so much of what I like to call packaged vulnerability. People would share things about themselves that sounded like they should be vulnerable, like your difficult relationship with your mother, but it didn't actually seem vulnerable when they delivered it. And so I don't think when they actually shared, they were in touch with the fact that this is risky or exposing. And I think because it's not risky or exposing, then you can't define it as true vulnerability. So I don't think that we can, I think, yeah, what I'm coming to is that I don't think we can be safe when it comes to vulnerability, because if we're trying to be safe, then it's not actually vulnerability. Or even if it feels completely safe to us, then we're not actually practicing vulnerability. Oh, that's so good. And it makes me think of a coaching session I recently had last week with a young woman. And her issue was that she says, I like to get right to being vulnerable and I want to cut past the small talk and I want to talk about, quote, deep things. And so she was telling me the kinds of things she's sharing in like the first or second conversation. And she was frustrated because she said they're not being vulnerable back. And so hearing what you're saying right now is so interesting because you're highlighting that disconnect. It's almost like, what's the motivation behind it, right? Like you sharing that personal information isn't necessarily risky for you. Are you trying to test them? Are you doing it because you want something back? What's the motivation? Well, so in my book, I also have a chapter on authenticity and I define authenticity uniquely that it's not just saying off the cuff, whatever we think and feel, but it's who we are without our defense mechanisms. And our defense mechanisms try to protect us um, in a number of different ways, right? And I think sometimes when we try to be vulnerable as a way to get someone else to be vulnerable or as a way to kind of put our baggage out there and see if they'll judge us and test, I also don't define that as vulnerability because I think that's a defense mechanism, right? You're putting your information out there to test if somebody can deal with it. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's about almost controlling the other person in some way that we might not always be conscious of. And I think vulnerability is authentic. It's not activating our defense mechanism. It's saying, hey, I am vulnerable before you. I hope you won't hurt me, but I'm putting this out to you to see what you say. Instead of I am doing this because I have some ulterior motive, which is what we do when we're in engaged in our defense mechanisms. That's so interesting that you're touching on like the intention behind being vulnerable. You know, do you want it to function as something that's bonding you or are you testing your friends or new people? I know sometimes we push people to like a certain threshold to see, well, if you can take all this, well, then we can be friends. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what is your motive when you're being vulnerable? Are you simply trying to, you know, express your truth, express your peace? Because I think that is really true vulnerability. Are you or are you doing it because because you see these people, sometimes people confuse vulnerability with oversharing. 
I don't define oversharing as vulnerability because again, I think it is a defense mechanism where people put put something out there to say, can you deal with me before you even know me? <laughs> um, and the truth is that, you know, if we if we did have that relationship, often people would be open to it and feel close to you. But because you don't have that relationship, vulnerability doesn't land the same way because typically when we're vulnerable, people like us more because when we're vulnerable, we convey to people, I trust you and I like you. And those are very important factors for building bonds. But when we overshare, we're not necessarily indicating or signaling, I trust you and I like you. We're just in indicating like, I have to dump this somewhere and you just happen to be around because the other person's like, you don't actually know me to share these things with me. So I'm not actually special. What I appreciate most about the insight you're sharing is that you're giving us like these mental frameworks, these terms, these names for what we know to feel familiar, but we don't know how to articulate. So if we've ever thought like, man, you know, she shared this with me and I don't know, something about it didn't feel genuine or I felt uncomfortable or a little displaced in that conversation, you're helping us to understand, oh, that's why I felt so weirded out by by this exchange. So I love that you're kind of helping us understand what's going on here at a deeper level. I think too, like one other thing that I think when it, we should think about when it comes to vulnerability is the idea that are my words the only thing that's vulnerable or is it my body language? Is it my tone of voice? You know, does my voice sound a little shaky? And we communicate our vulnerability again, not just through the words we share, but through all of those things. And so if, if I'm only communicating vulnerability through my words, sorry, the dog. If we're communicating vulnerability off only through our words, right? But we don't seem vulnerable. We make ourselves more likely to be misunderstood because other people can't tell, our friends can't necessarily tell that this is vulnerable for us. And so they may they might sort of pass through and be like, okay, let's talk about something else. We may feel hurt. Here I am opening up to my friends. They're not being supportive to me. But are you truly embodying vulnerability or are you scared? So you kind of brought this up in passing, hope, hoping that they would tune in and know and understand that this was deep and meaningful for you. So I think when we are really wanting to be truly vulnerable and also convey, this feels vulnerable for me. This feels personal for me. We need to embrace all dimensions of it. We need to say something vulnerable, but we also need to let ourselves be like, hey, this is like nerve wracking for me, or, you know, I, this is hard to express. Like, this is something that's really important to me. We need to do all of those things to kind of holistically communicate that we're vulnerable. It's so complicated. It can be like this complex thing. I think a lot of us have oversimplified it. And we think, well, I told them my secrets. So why don't we feel closer? Or why aren't they doing it back? And it's just nice to have you help us see all the texture around that word. Definitely. It is really complicated. It is. But I will say, you know, <laughs> it's funny, I've added all these caveats. But I will say in the larger scheme of things, I think um, vulnerability does bring us closer to each other. In fact, there's a meta-analysis that summarizes all the research that's out there on this. And it found that the more self-disclosing people were, the more that other people actually liked them. And there's other research that actually finds that, you know, we think people judge us when we're vulnerable, when we're truly vulnerable, but in fact, they judge us less than we think they do. This is something called the beautiful mess effect. And other research actually finds that people see us more positively as authentic and honest when we're truly vulnerable. And so while I add these caveats that yes, we need to embrace full vulnerability, that we should try not to overshare, I think also I, I want to sort of temper that with, but vulnerability is really good and vulnerability does solidify our bonds. Let's just understand our 
intentions so that we know we're not doing it to try to kind of manipulate another person in our relationship, but instead to express the closeness that we already feel is there or just sort of to share our truth. Your insight is just, it's tremendous. And it makes me excited for this book that you're working on. Um, Like we said earlier in the beginning of the episode, the title of this book is Platonic. And I know it's still in process, but tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so I've written, I've written a lot of it now, but um, the process is a very, it takes a very long time. So it's due in November of this year, but then it takes another year to do all of the marketing and developing the book cover and stuff. So anyway, it won't be out till November 2022. But if you would like to hear any and all updates on it, I would just recommend signing up for my newsletter at drmarissagfranco.com, where if you like research-based tips on relationships, that is, that is where you'll find them. As we close here, is there anything else you think that we should know in terms of what we're generally getting wrong about vulnerability or, you know, quote unquote, fake vulnerability? Or um, do you maybe have a message of encouragement for listeners on the subject? I think there is a point that, um, you know, I when I talked to one expert on vulnerability, Dr. Skylar Jackson, he mentioned that vulnerability is really the only way we can access love because if you're not vulnerable, how can you trust that someone truly loves you because they don't actually know all of you? And so it becomes in this way that all of your friends love, support. It's not about all of you as you know it. And so their affirmation and their love just doesn't land in the same way. And so when you're vulnerable, when you let people truly know you, you are able to trust their love and take more of it in. And so that's why I think vulnerability is part of what love looks like. I appreciate that. And that's that's so beautiful how you've articulated that. And, and I just thank you for helping us make a connection between what so many of us want to be loved, to be known, and the sometimes uncomfortable inner work that's required to really experience that in all its fullness. So um, I love you having us, you know, see that we can have the love that we are after beautiful. Well, this is so good. Thank you for coming onto the show again and encouraging us and reminding us of the benefits of being vulnerable in our platonic relationships. So we'll be sure to follow along with you at all your socials, right? Yeah. So Dr. Marissa G. Franco, that's D-R-M-A-R-I-S-A-G-F-R-A-N-C-O. That's me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, most places. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Franco. As always, if you want to see the unedited interview video that goes along with this podcast episode, then you can see that along with the four action steps that I've developed according to Dr. Franco's insights, all in our private group coaching program. You know, we talk here on the show about the big ideas behind some of friendship's toughest concepts, but we work through it together in the private membership. So feel free to access it now for $5 per week by searching Friend Forward anywhere you download apps. Thank you.